I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hi everybody and welcome to the latest episode of fangirl radio i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me as always is the ghostly amanda in the background he's hovering by and uh, also with me tonight is my co-host ren willox hello hey and tonight's episode is going to be a special one. Um, we actually have another guest with us. Um, this week we're going to have, and I hope I don't butcher his name, his last name, because I probably am. Um, but it is Joshua Hale Fielkov, and he is the writer of one of the New 52 uh, from D.C., My actually my favorite New 52, which is I, Vampire. Um, and Joshua has written some great comics, not just I, Vampire, but some really amazing stuff um one named um one is called tumor which is a a kind of a crime noir mixed with uh sort of a uh memento-esque storyline and also he has uh written a doctor who comic and um he's just got a great uh history of of uh graphic novels behind him and he's also been uh, nominated uh, for an Eisner Award. So we're really excited to have him on, and I can't wait to pick his brain about iVampire. Um, but before we get to Joshua, um, I wanted to do uh, kind of a recap of the, the Week in Geek uh, that uh, has happened this, this week. Uh, we had some new images from um, Prometheus come out, which I don't know, Ren, did you catch those yet? I have not catched those yet. I'm Googling. <laughs> You're Googling during the show. That's, that's rude. No. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> now, um, the, uh, the new Prometheus images have pretty much um, have verified what everybody knew, which was Prometheus is actually sort of a prequel to Alien. Um, they, nice. Yeah, the space jockey suits are... Uh, evident in the background of one shot that they released um people have actually started highlighting them and and lightening the the pictures up so you can see them and so they're back there and that's really awesome um as yet though we still don't know really the plot it's still kind of hush hush and secret so you know your guess is as good as mine what's going on in this movie um with the minute and a half trailer that we got but uh i bet you there's gonna be an alien well uh, there's something alienish going on in there. Um, I don't know quite what. I don't think there's going to be any face huggers or, or no. anything like that. But um, there's a giant head. 
there is a giant head. And we're not just talking about Michael Fassbender's penis. Oh! Oh! Hello! (laughs) That's that's the other movie. (laughs) Oh, man. No. Um, Hello, Michael Fassbender. Yes, the movie. Yes. Yes. Prometheus. So um, those images were released. We got another one of uh, Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins in in The Hobbit. And he's all dirty and looks pissed. And uh, he's holding a sword and pissed off Martin. Sting. And Sting. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, he's holding Sting, not the singer, the sword. And. uh, (laughs) Though that would be a picture, I'm telling. uh, I would love. I wouldn't be. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I, I don't know, right? I don't know. Um, but uh, the tantric thing. Oh, uh, but um, you're on a weird track <laughs> tonight, Jay. <laughs> I know. I think it's all this pop I've been drinking. Um, okay, but uh, speaking of Martin Freeman, <clears throat> we can't talk about this yet because certain people haven't seen it. Sorry, because uh, you suck. Um, oh, but ow. this this <laughs> this weekend was possibly the final Sherlock Holmes um, Sherlock episode aired in Britain and um, I can't talk about it because other people haven't seen it. Um, It's not just me Rachel and I and we will get together and we will have a Sherlock fest which you know you can have there's there's worse things to do I guess Um, but I just have to say it was amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything. It was amazing um, beautifully done. Hot damn is Moriarty gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous creatures. is gorgeous. They're all pretty. And uh, I cried. Um, and uh, it's it was brilliantly done. And I hope and hope and hope. It, you know what sucks about Sherlock? Um, is the fact there's only three per mm-hmm. se- series. Mm-hmm. And even, even, it wouldn't, there wouldn't even be enough, though, if they did the six. Because it's just that good, um, but uh, I I really really love the last the the three that they have done for season series two were amazing and I love how they updated them. Mark Gaddis is the man, and I have coined the phrase Gaddis faction. Oh, and, excellent! Yes, so you should Mark tweet Gattis. that at him. I'm sure he would appreciate. I, I did. I don't think he would. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a tag. I'm gonna start a hashtag and keep it going. Give me the Gaddis faction, yes. yes. And he does. And this, yes. this um, these last three, these were probably better than the first three. Um, they've definitely gotten t- into that uh, their their zone. Um, Freeman and Cumberbatch, which is just awesome to say the name Cumberbatch. Um, I am also a Cumberbitch. I want to have that um, out there too. I am a Cumberbitch. Um, can we, can but, we say that? Now that we're on Thursday night, can we say the B word? We can, we can say bitch. Why not? Okay. All right. Yeah, I think it's so. Like the ghost can tell us if we can't. Um, but uh, I think it's the F-bomb that we can't say. That's the they, only one? Well, that, you know, use your caution. Seriously? How is ass worse than bitch? I didn't get a form. There's rules? I didn't, I didn't get a form. On the radio? I didn't get a... Yes. Actually, I had one question. Even though I haven't seen it, I can ask you this. Mm -hmm. Um, There was something I found really kind of thrilling about the visual of of, uh, Cumberbatch himself as Sherlock in season one. Um, And I don't know if it was 
on purpose or directly related to this fact, but I thought it was interesting. I heard in interviews afterwards that during the filming of all three of those, he was horribly sick, like fluish sick, and he was pale and white as a sheet. And I actually noticed that in in the in the shows that he I mean, you know, he's British, he's pale anyway, right? But he was particularly pale. Um and with the with the striking grey blue of his eyes, he just looked almost luminescent. It was just magnificent. It he's... kind of set him apart, like, like like slightly not human-ish almost. I just thought it was visually stunning and I didn't know if not being horrifically sick for series two meant that he would actually have some skin tone. No, he still looks um, just pallid as a ghost. And, Fantastic. Uh, and I love his eyes. His oh, eyes are just Im- ridiculously blue and big and, mm-hmm. and unholy in their blueness. I mean, <laughs> and uh, it's so funny because my husband keeps saying he's an alien. He swears to God he's an alien. He, he freaks him out the way he Oh, looks. whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I'm okay with this. You know? Yeah, he's, no, not I, a problem. No, he, he was born to play Sherlock Holmes, that boy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I still, I need to figure out a way to, to share it on the air, his imitation of David Tennant that he does. Oh. Because the Alan Rickman thing is brilliant. He can do Alan Rickman and um, but he can do David Tennant as well. And and what's so cool about Cumberbatch is the fact that um, his mother, I believe, worked on Doctor Who back in the days of Tom Baker. I so think I read I th- that. I think that's awesome. He was talking about yeah. it, and that's when David Tennant came bouncing up to him like a the little jackrabbit that he is. And he does bounce. What's up with that? He's like seven feet tall. It shouldn't be. Uh, Allow him to bounce. He he <laughs> bounce as much as he wants. That boy. All right. Um, but um, anyway, Sherlock's last episode. Possibly um, they are talking about doing a season three. But mm. you know, with the way these guys' careers are are just exploding oh God, right now, yeah. I don't know how Bilbo feasible. Baggins. Well, not just that, but Cumberbatch. Um, I I got to go uh, the last. I think the last film I went and saw was uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Mm-hmm. And Cumberbatch just was great in that. He held his own um, against Gary Oldman. And he held his own um, against guys like Colin Firth and Mark Strong. And that movie was great. Very, mm-hmm. uh, very quiet. Not, your, not what you're expecting if you're thinking you're going to go in and get like a, a spy thriller like on the, on the level of Jason Bourne. That's not how this movie works. It's very realistic and um, it's very quiet. It's very steadily paced. But Great I, I act- bet it's very tense still. It's it is interesting. It's it's tense, but it's not like um, it, it's not your typical. It's not an American spy thriller. Mm-hmm. It is very much a British spy thriller um, based in reality. It's it's the the boring you know. You know, the, the, not boring, uh, by, by, but I'm like typical day to day kind of stuff is going on in there, mm-hmm. and it's methodical. It, I mean, because it's about uh-huh. older spies. It's about right. you know, like Gary Oldman's character is near um, retirement age, and my God, that man, Gary Oldman, he is channeling Alec Guinness in a way that's not. Oh, wow, um, I've got to see this. Uh, Gary Oldman is one of my all time favorite actors uh, top of the list probably for me he's amazing and and it's great because he's not you can't hardly even tell it's gary oldman again he's morphed mm-hmm. well but, they call him the chameleon for a reason 
he totally is. And um, I, there's no way he's as old as he's supposed to be in this movie. I'm sorry. He still looks the same to me. The guy doesn't age to me. He's always Dracula. Um, I, see, I don't see him as Dracula. I see him as... Um, oh, see, now I can never remember if he was Rosencrantz or Guildenstern. Pretty sure he was Rosencrantz. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, he... Uh, he does this it's so funny because Alec Guinness played the original Smiley in the 70s uh, version of this this was a mini one of these mini series on uh, on the BBC back in the day and um, it's so you can go on YouTube and watch some of the clips and it's so interesting once you've you've seen that and then you see this you can hear the Alec Guinness that he's putting into his voice it's very subtle but it's there and it's like ooh Gary Oldman, you are awesome. Is there anything you can't do? I mean, he's no, channeling him. There is and nothing a man cannot do. It's great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, the relationships in there, um, very, very odd. I, things I didn't <laughs> expect. I, I didn't expect it. There, there was a lot of uh, homoeroticism running around the MI5 or, or um, the, the, in, the, uh, in the 70s amongst all the male spies, I guess. Okay. So it, it, I'm not kidding. It was very unexpected. Because um, uh, once you see it, it's like, wow. These guys, I guess it's kind of like the brotherhood thing, though. These, um, how these guys were putting their lives on the line and, and working together. And they were and basically... I'm guessing here because I haven't seen it yet, but such a secret life where they yeah. are essentially cut off from everybody else. They only have each other, really. Right. And it's not, and, and you know, you're working together constantly. And um, it's very, it's a, just an interesting take. And I mentioned this to a friend of mine, and she pointed out that um, uh, this isn't that far fetched, that there was actually a Ring of Spies. Um, I can't remember the name, but if you go look, Google it up. Um, or wiki it, uh, you can find them. I want to say it was like the Cambridge Five or something like that, and um, they were they were uh, they were all all gay, I guess, and and they were all male spies that worked and um, were part of this group, and it's just interesting. Um, and Leclerc, John Leclerc, who wrote the book, you know, I, he knows his research. Most of his books are very uh, very detailed and intense things and like that you know another film based on his was uh the taylor of panama which with jeffrey rush Mm -hmm. and uh another great actor but um but yeah if you have the chance it finally got out of limited release somewhat um go see tinker taylor it's just every good british actor you can think of is in it Um, and cumberbatch cumberbatch i think has a magnificent future ahead of him he's oh my gosh so together and he's so talented and he's so nice. He's mm-hmm. such a nice guy. Everybody I've, I've, every interview I've read or anybody that I've uh, heard ta- talk about him loves him because he's just a nice guy and, and makes me happy. I, I want him to be successful. And he's, you know, he's very, um, soft, you know, he doesn't, he's not egotistical yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he will be. I think he's, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he definitely I seems to, that way. I want him to do well because he deserves it, and he mm-hmm. he's an amazing Sherlock. And my my ideal, um, I I would say is if they do, I would be okay with him being the Doctor if they do that mm-hmm. U.S. 
version of uh, Doctor Who that they're talking about doing the film. Mm-hmm. But um, I pointed out. Is that still? That's happening. That's yeah. You said happening. if, and I was like, no, that's happening. Well, you know, it's still way early stages yet. But if that oh, if okay. that actually manages to happen, he'd be a um, great introduction for the American audiences of the Doctor. Oh, he'd be awesome. Um, also, uh, my my uh, my my dream <clears throat> casting was he he is the Doctor, and then Michael Fassbender is the Master. Oh, oh, oh goodness. Oh, I don't goodness. think I think the women wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> no, it be, I think there would cool. be. Uh, you don't forget to bring a towel. That would be your like little forty-two towel, you know. Here. God. <laughs> um, but also, if if that doesn't happen, then they can totally make a Dracula m- film with Fassbender's Dracula and Cumberbatch as Ben Helsing because he totally has that young Peter Cushing thing going on. That's kind of cool, but I think I'd rather see him because he's so talented. I'd rather see him as, um, I never remember the guy's name, the bug eater. Renfield? Yes. He would you be want him to be Renfield? The bug eater. Honestly. I could, I could totally see Martin Freeman doing the bug eater. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, we want to get these boys out of their, out of their, Comfort, comfort milieus. Speaking of Freeman, I find myself lately having the same feelings I have towards him that I have for all every actor that treks down to my once upon a time home of three years New Zealand, which I love and miss. You know, Aww. but anybody that goes down there, particularly for Lord of the Rings films, it means they're living in my town. So I, you know, I have this little you nostalgic. Bad, you picked a bad time to move out. Oh no, I didn't. Because they they're, were going to film, there, I, I you're not. Well, year. I, well, sh- shoot, yeah, no, trust me, I wouldn't have left if I had a choice. But for the whole last year that I was there, Pre was supposed to start for like twelve months, and Pre never started. You know what happened to it? It got delayed like a gajillion times. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I did not leave too early. They just didn't start in time. But whatever, whatever. So, but you know, good luck, Martin Freeman. Enjoy Wellington. It is a magnificent place. Have a few steak and kidney pies for me and, you know, come back with a slight weird accent <laughs> that everyone will make fun of you for and ask you if you're from New York. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, and moving on from that, also what happened was the Golden Globes and um, that they brought back Ricky Gervais and I guess he was tamer this time around and not quite as... Is as acidic with his deliveries. No, I think it's just that people were prepared. They weren't prepared last time, so it stung more. This time, everybody was like, "Oh, I know it's coming," so that you know, naturally, you you can't be as shocked by something you're prepared for. He was right. still, I you know, I love that man. He he couldn't say anything wrong in my opinion. But yeah, did you I, think? Well, he, I, did you think he was? I I think he was a little less. Um, I think people were ready for it this time i think what they thought originally they were getting Mm -hmm. this fun loving sweetheart of a guy and well he's got such an adorable smile yes he does but he's 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 got like the wit of evil and and, razor sharp teeth yeah and uh he you know you got to be ready for it and i don't think people were ready now what i love is the fact that that depp and he have uh become friends even though everybody was god and well you know depp recognizes intelligence well, he, when he sees De- it yeah and depp 
loves that kind of humor because mm-hmm. you know he's all about British humor and he gets it. So I think it surprised a lot of people when he showed up on um, Gervais' new series, and that was hilarious. Oh my god! I only saw the YouTube video, but I died. I died like <sighs> five minutes, and I nearly spat my food on my computer. It was so funny. Oh yeah, and you need to see the Liam Neeson skit when Neeson oh. goes on there. Oh my no, god. I- no, when I lost it, when I lost it with Depp is when he's, you know, in the middle of trying to trying to um, show off to him about his new film that he's doing with with Tim Burton. And he goes, guess who's my leading lady? And Gervais is like, um, Elena Bonham Carter. Bonham Carter. And he goes, and, <laughs> you know, no reaction to the fact that that is such an easy guess. Depp is like, you, got, you know, and he's, how'd you know? Lucky guess. <laughs> I love I love the the final act of like shoving the fruit around oh, on the table or whatever. That was hilarious. I can't wait for that show. Also because I've been a lifelong fan of um, Warwick Davis. That man, oh, magnificent. Oh, that, he, he's awesome. He's yeah. a good guy too. I I, I think it's going to be hilarious. I can't wait for it to air. I, it's just going to be funny to tell. But. I, um, I, Based on on the Golden Globes, I love everything he does. I got the impression he was maybe getting slightly less screen time. Who oh, Jeray? Yeah, I, they could have been doing that, that on purpose too. They could have been. I, I I think they were scared, maybe. But um, I I have to go through. I have to I have to say it. I'm like yes, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage again. And then Yay. on top of that. Jessica Lange wins for American Horror Story, which is yes. so well-deserved. Yes. That was awesome. And then Adventures of 1010 won for Best Animated Film, which was also yes. well-deserved. And that, The Guardian, because I was reading a funny thing on, not funny, but I read a thing on Twitter. The Guardian made five individual poor, really bad reviews of the Tintin in the Guardian newspaper in the UK. I mean, that was like, whoever was writing this, the little article was like, okay, maybe two or most but five of them somebody really hated Tintin at the Guardian so yes it won and take that I loved it I, I thought it was beautiful that's another one um, if you haven't gone to see it yet go see it it's it's gorgeous and um, it's great voice acting I mean you know you've got Nick Frost and Simon Pegg in there you've got uh, Daniel Craig um, uh, oh my god how am I blanking on his name um, going. no uh, Which nah, character? Oh, the captain. Um, Andy Circus. Oh my God! There. Oh yes. Andy Circus is in it. It's just yes. great film. Great film. Beautifully done animation. Almost creepy. Creepy realistic animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and great sound. Great music. Uh, I, I I loved it. I thought it was an awesome movie. So uh, Tintin, good on you. Good job. Yes. Yes. Um, we are here um, with Joshua, and Josh, can you tell me your last name, just so I know I'm not butchering it, because it's, I don't uh, know. My last name is Fialkov. Uh, Fialkov. It's in Russian. It's actually a Russian name. All Russian words. It's like any word or name that ends with K-O-V uh, or O-V, you just say every syllable, because it's not written in English. That's, oh. that's, that's the secret. See? I like to I educate as I go. That's why I, I like to think <laughs> Learned of. something. Like a full service, the full service interview is really what I'm. <laughs> awesome. Well, we were all about that. Well, and I, I just have to say, I have to start off this with. Um, and by the way, this is uh, my my name's Jessica, and this is Ren. Ren is um, my co-host here, 
And um, uh, Amanda is kind of our floating ghost uh, producer. No one can hear her, but she's always there, sort of like God. And... And uh, But I have to just, first off, get this out. I am so effing happy that you brought back iVampire. Well, thank you. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it was one of, those, one of those weird things where when you sit down, uh, you sit down with somebody from, you know, from DC Comics, and uh, you're like, all right, what, what do we got? And they say, uh, uh, iVampire. And you're like, what? Seriously? That's really? That's weird? Okay, awesome. Like, I read that when I was a kid. I'm totally on board. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a treat. Like, uh, I've gotten, you know, I was, I was a fan of, like, when I was a kid, I read, um, all my friends were reading, uh, X-Men and Spider-Man, uh, and I was reading predominantly, uh, creepy, eerie, House of Secrets, House of Mystery, That's Unexpected, true. Ghosts, like, all those books. Um, and I, you know, I, I love specifically the Warren, the Warren magazines, but then I read a ton of uh, the DC anthology stuff, as well as, like, you know, Tales from the Crypt and all the EC stuff from way back when. Um, and so, like, to get to do it is actually, like, to have that be essentially my first, uh, on, you know, it's my first ongoing series for the big two um, right. is, a, is a real treat, and it's been, uh, it's been a blast working on it. So um, it's really interesting because I, I would always bring up I Vampire to people and say, this is like my favorite. I, I would actually go, when I was going on film sets and stuff, I'd tell people, by the way, if you ever want to make a really cool movie, here, here's the one that no one know, really knows about or remembers. Um, but uh, I, I actually, you know, we, I write for Harham Magazine uh, mm-hmm. as well, and I, I got an interview with the man that, that created it. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I brought it back up, and then all of a sudden, like, not even two months later, it was announced that you guys were going to be doing it for the New 52, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and I'm read? actually, I'm, and uh, sort of, strangely, I'm friends with uh, Mark Dematius, who created the book. Um, I actually am friends with his son. Like, he and I uh, kind of came up through comics at the same time. And so I got to talk to Mark, you know, about kind of the origin of the series, and a little bit about what he, because he, he wrote, you know, like the first half of it or so, and then he then he left. So we got to kind of talk about what he would have done and, you know, what these characters meant to him. And um, you're going to hopefully, as, you know, as the book goes on, you're going to get to see me weave in some more stuff from, from the classic series. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I just so pitched. We... I just pitched bringing back a character from the original stuff that nice. uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear if I'm allowed to or not. I'm pretty sure they're gonna be like, well, whatever, just do it. And go off, go off in the corner. You do whatever you want. Kid. I have no idea what you're talking about. Go right, sharpen go. your pencils. Yeah, exactly. So you so, know, who is it you're wanting to bring back? Can you tell us? Oh, I can't tell you. That ruins everything. No, it's a. Is it a girl? Is it a girl? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'll figure the, out a way to figure it out. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the book is, uh, you know, it's um, it's hard to talk about because w- the book is going to be a very different book uh, after issue six uh, because we're tying in the, the Justice League Dark. Uh, we're tying in Justice League Dark in seven and eight, um, and we're tying in Batman, and we're going to have Batman in issues five and six. So like we're nice. we're kind of we're kind of aggressively moving into the DC universe and what happens by the end of those two crossovers, the status quo for the book is going to be totally different again, which, which to me, like, uh, if I'm, if I'm going to write any ongoing series, I want the book, 
I want the book to be different every month. Like I want I want it to constantly be kind of slithering around itself and never get stagnant. So, you know, and I got I got the opportunity almost, you know, accidentally handed to me that our the book by the end of issue eight is a completely new book. Um, nice. It is well, about I... werewolf. Okay. It's not about werewolf. Oh though. god. <laughs> Um, please yeah, please so, don't have a Twilight crossover. I, I, I'll die inside. Look, I say this every time anyone brings up Twilight. Uh, should we be so lucky to have like a tenth, <laughs> a tenth of the people who read that thing read this book? Because I would be really rich. Really, really rich. <laughs> so, well, you know, and I, I, was, I would be rich in money, but you would be poor in spirit. <laughs> you can buy spirit. I mean, you can on. buy spirit. Go down to the local liquor store and buy some. Um, exactly. I, I was actually kind of concerned at first because they, they, the cover art, he was very Abby. I don't remember Andrew Bennett being so well formed and physique wise. Um, and I was concerned. I'm like, oh God, please don't tell me they're going to make him all Edward Cullen. But you, you've, you've really done an amazing job with these characters, and, and um, I probably should give the listeners a little background if they don't know Andrew Bennett is the the lead character in I Vampire he's a a 16th I believe century nobleman who became a vampire made his it was kind of a neat I love the take that he changes the woman he loves and she becomes the villain and um, I always thought that was the neat uh, switch to the story of of the of the vampire myth when they did that. I thought that was great. And you've kept that beautifully with Mary. You, Yeah. And I, I actually look at, I look at her and Andrew as kind of co-leads. Like she's mm-hmm. as she's every bit as important. And I greatly prefer her as a character, which I think unfortunately comes through in the writing. <laughs> Cause I, I love, I love writing her. Like she is, it's, it's funny. Like when, uh, when everybody was bitching about the, the new 52 being sexist and, how like how abusive to women it is and so on. like I literally just sat in my office being like why won't you people talk about my book? <laughs> I wrote literally the strongest woman in the DC and like she could kick Wonder Woman's ass. Please. <laughs> um, like and that and that to me was part like and it's funny like they never they didn't say anything like, they didn't tell me like write a strong female lead. I want I love the idea. Of, of not only like not just a villain, but it, it's two things. Like I love the idea of the villain being better and stronger than the hero because I think it's important because otherwise there's no challenge. But at the end of the day, like for him to have not just cut off her goddamn head, she has to be awesome. Like she has to be so goddamn great that <laughs> he can't help himself. He loves and, her. He's still crazy about her, even though she's like this evil bitch queen. And that's and it's funny because you, you read the original stuff and he never says it he never explicitly says it instead and, and you know it was a different time and I think you couldn't really do that stuff but you get the sense that like he stands there and he will save someone's life like he'll always save the human's life but he'll have moments where he's like about to kill her and he just pauses <laughs> and that that idea of like well so why would like why isn't he just killing her and it's because he got he has to still love her um mm-hmm. and, I, and i tried really hard in the book that you you know and it's it's partly because she needs to be compelling to him like when she says just come with me just forget it like and how many you know when you're in a relationship with somebody and when you love somebody 
Like, especially when it's the wrong somebody. And they put, you get, you're in those situations all the time where they put bad decisions in front of you and you take them. Because mm-hmm. you just want to, you want to follow them to the end of time. Despite the fact that this person is, you know, cheating on you and, you know, stealing money from you and all that. Like, it doesn't matter because you love them. Oh, love my them, God. You know? Like, and that's the thing. Like, and I wanted, I feel like that is the universal, that's the true universal idea. And, and that's what, you know, what vampire fiction is good for. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's what, that's what makes vampire fiction really work for me is, is when you find the societal parallel that makes it work. And, and, you know, look, for all the, again, for all the grief that Twilight's given, like, I mean, wouldn't we rather our teenage girls not uh, sleep with every boy they meet? Like, isn't that better to be encouraged? Like, I, I mean, it's, you know, I understand it takes it to an extreme, but... At least, you know, the idea that it's it's trying to say you should be chased, I guess, is, you know, that's okay. Like, that's no, nice. I, I have no problem with that part of Twilight. My, my always, to, to this day, my argument is this. My problem with Twilight is the fact that the fans are so rabidly crazy about it that they don't see anything else in the world of vampires except for Twilight. And they don't want to give any kind of consideration to the stuff that led to Twilight actually being able to be written. The and the roots of it and like I, I always bring back Dark Shadows I'm like do you have you guys ever heard of Dark Shadows because let me tell you yeah. if you want a heroic vampire let me introduce you to Barnabas Collins or Andrew Bennett <laughs> you know and yeah. they they don't want to you know these are the same people that write angry letters saying how dare Steph, you know Universal Studios still Stephanie Meyer's Wolfman oh. and oh. yeah uh, and 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 you can't argue with that mentality. They 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 won't. They don't want to see past it. And it's like oh, fundamentalists. Look, I'm just, fundamentalists uh, look, I, in I any stand. I stand by the idea that number one, uh, at least they're reading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. People this are reading books, and that book, you know, and, and it's funny, but like that book propped up the publishing house. Like that book sells enough that they can keep publishing all the other good stuff that sells nothing. And that's, you know, that's the reality. Like, it's this funny thing where we get, like, I, you know, as as someone who is a creative person, like who is a creative uh, for a living, you know, you, you get kind of caught up in this idea of making great stuff. And why don't people understand that I'm making great stuff? You know, I'm over in the corner doing what I do, and I think it's beautiful. But <laughs> the fact is, is like, that's, that's great. You know what is better is things that make money. Like, that's what... And, and that's that's the mentality. And the thing is, is that the stuff that makes money finances everything else. Justice yeah. League number one, selling what it sold, means that I get to keep going on my book because that's paying our way. Right. You know, and that's like it's so sort of a weird. I, I look at all that dance. stuff, and and it's, it's a weird and, it's, and look at the fact is nothing. Like how many things are successful that are good? Virtually nothing. Everything sucks. You know, Star Wars <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, but then you have the prequels, and look how successful those things are, and they suck. So I mean, it, you know, I'm just saying, like, and, it, it, and it's not, and it's not being elitist, you know. But the fact is, like, that that Two and a Half Men is the most, you know, still the most highly watched sitcom on TV, yeah. and then Community sits in the corner playing with itself. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? You know, like that show over there is amazing. Like that show is ridiculously great, you schmucks. But yes. you know, people don't. Oh, look at. Look at Arrested Development. That's yeah. that's like the biggest example of that ever. 
And I, I, I don't think Fox still wants to admit that that was a bad move on their part. And it's, and it's still like, you know, the, the, but that's just uh, the unfortunate reality of fandom is that we like the good stuff that nobody else gives a shit about. And, and then even within the confines of being a comics fan, it's the same thing. You know, like, it's, it's it's the same thing, it's just the scale is different. Like, there's, again, like, the number of people who, who care about, you know, whatever giant crossover event the big two are doing is, you know, infinitely smaller than the number of people who watch a TV show. But at the same time, uh, of that percentage, the number of people who then, beyond that, also read my comic is, you know, it's like a fingernail. <laughs> like, it's nothing. Like, there's, <laughs> it's such a tiny percentage. So you... you I, like I said, I look at I look at the bigger things, and you know, again, whether I don't know that DC would say it, but the fact is, if, if Twilight didn't exist, they would not have greenlit this book. So well, God it, bless you, Stephanie Meyer. I really uh, I I respect your ignorance of horror. <laughs> <laughs> gonna That's the best that. quote ever. Yes. <laughs> best quote ever i love it um well and you know kind of that beget this new film i don't know if you saw the the it was an, an uh, this book called warm bodies which is uh, i always tell people about it because i really love the book but mm-hmm. now the same the same studio um summit is making the film version of it and it's um they they kind of are trying to market it as the new twilight um but it's really not and uh, I think that that's kind of, you know, all of this teen horror stuff that he kind of started with Twilight is now, like, it's spawning more and more and more. And if you go look at the, the young adult section now at the at the bookstore, it's massive. It's right. just, like, taken over. And uh, so she has done... She has done good things. I can't, I can't fault the woman. I read all the books, so... Oh, so you're... So it's your fault. I mean, at the end of the day... I guess it is. It's my fault. <laughs> the end of the day if you put a vampire on it i'll read it i have not read them i've not read a single word i I, I actually genuinely try i read maybe because i try and read whatever's popular i'll I'll do my damnedest and i made it maybe 25 pages and then i beat myself over the head with it but you know i get it (laughs) i get what's going on and i know you know and again like i've done uh i've done sort of an inordinate amount of vampire fiction uh, for someone who's actually not particularly vampire crazy, like I, I wrote Vampirella, I wrote, um, I adapted a series of vampire romance novels into manga, um, and then I did a vampire manga series. Um, I've done a lot of vampire stuff, and I sort of, I, I feel like I've seen the good and the bad, and I've seen, um, I've seen what works and what doesn't. And you know, and then I'm good buddies with. Uh, Scott Snyder, who's doing American Vampire, good buddies with Steve Niles, who's doing Thirty Days a Night. So, like, I I, I'm, I came into a Vampire with my eyes open to what was going on around me, and I think part of what I what what I think works about the book is that I wasn't precious with the stuff. Like, I was like, well, what can I do that's different? What can I do that's my voice, and what can I do that excites me about about vampires? And I love the art in the book too because it's it. He still has the white shock of in his hair and all of that, but you've made it the the way the look and the the powers that he's got. I love that whole myth that you're spending on it. You're doing a, I mean, I really enjoy it, and I'm I love the original. Like I, I 
still have all my copies of the original books. Yeah, um, I, I, I wanted to I wanted to preserve as much of that stuff as possible, but at the same time, I'm uh, I went you know I looked at the Sto- I looked at the Stoker rules I looked at what was going on around me and I like I just know I, I knew I knew two things one is I couldn't have a book set entirely at night because uh, it's a bit much. Um, <laughs> Like it's hard to do. It's, it is. It's just hard to do a comic book because it's it's when you're you're especially with the style of art we have like all that stuff. Uh, like if the book is constantly at night, it just becomes monotonous. Um, and so the idea for me and look, you know, Angel took place during the day somehow. <laughs> but this, <laughs> the timber glass. It was yeah, the at some point. Yeah. It was just like no, he's just walking around in the sun. It's cool. It's all right. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I looked at it, and, you know, in Dracula, he stalks Mina. Like, he walks around outside, no problem. Um, and so I, I wanted to kind of use that. So that's my that's my explanation. Um, although I know people, when the, first, when the first previews came out, people were saying, like, see, it's like Twilight. He's out in the sun. <laughs> so, well, but he's Dracula. not sparkling, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, he's not sparkling. I wrote, there's an issue that I don't think will ever come out uh, that... Um, it's another girl, like a, a girl vampire meets Andrew and Mary and falls in love with Andrew. And uh, the last thing she says before Mary cuts her head off is, he's so pretty, he sparkles. Aww. Oh, God. Um, I, I have to say, though, I love, um, I, I just read issue four. I got, got it in my, my box. And, and uh, I loved the fact that you had John Constantine show up. And yes. I, that it was, was great. That was great, and I love the fact that he created a mini sun <laughs> in the middle of a bar to fight the vampire with. Yeah, I, I, I had, uh, I was kind of trepidatious about. Well, I used a big word. I used a big word for <laughs> yay, yay. Uh, no, I, I was trepidatious about using him um, because uh, number one, his voice is so specific, and then number two, like I. Th- I think I might have written that issue. I know I'd written that issue before I had any of Justice League Dark. So I actually had no idea how he was fitting in to the DC Universe and what the new version was like. And so I just sort of wrote him. I wrote him like the classic, like the John Constantine I've been reading for, you know, 15 years or 20 years. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of kind of how they interact. And that stuff sets up, you know, the next, you know, year of my book. Like it really, it's... It's like sort of the first steps towards what's going to become the new status quo for the book. So um, it, it was it's a lot of fun. I'm really immensely proud of it. I think Andrea and and, Mar- and Marcella did an amazing job on it, and uh, he will be back. That John Constantine. Yay! I love John Constantine. Hellblazer's awesome. Um, uh, so I have to ask though, because I also picked up a Doctor Who comic from. Um, my box and I saw your name on it and I was like oh my god this guy's everywhere um how is it to step into the Doctor Who mythology and create a story uh, based on something that is so grand and and massive like that so uh, the big secret about me um is I'm not particularly fond of anything most Fan, like ner- you know, comic nerds or science fiction nerds are into. Like, there's I, I I like stuff a lot. There's things I I I love, but there's not a lot of things that I'm crazy about. The one thing, the one thing on this planet 
that is not my wife and daughter that I am <laughs> batshit crazy for is Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I I have a son like I literally have a sonic screwdriver here. Let's, let's, let's hear that. <laughs> I have a sonic screwdriver in my hand half day. Like I walk around with a sonic screwdriver in my hand while I'm thinking. Like in between writing, it's in my hand. When I'm not writing, it's next to me on my desk. Like I am stupid for Doctor Who. Um, I have uh, like the entire collection, every single classic episode that's been released in the U.S. I have, like, I have seen them all, I've watched them all, I've listened to the audio tapes for the ones that don't exist, like... The radio I, shows? Yeah. The radio... Oh, the episodes, yeah. Big, I'm a big, stupid Doctor Who nerd. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. It's really... And I have a... I Now, I have, like, hundreds, thousands of toys, and I, uh, we just moved into... I moved into a new studio, and I have bookshelves around all four walls, so there's nowhere to put my toys. And so I oh. now have... Really, like just tubs and tubs filled with Doctor Who toys, just stacked up. Tubs and tubs filled with Doctor Who toys. Like I like, and even that being said, like even with no room, I still have piles and piles of stuff everywhere in here. I I have the novelizations, even like I am stupid for Doctor Who. You should um, see the cave at Jay's house. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a life-size stand-up of David Tennant, as well as um, my sister has a. TARDIS that she had my dad build for her based off the technical manual to spec. Wow. There's and actually, a, there's, a, there's another comic creator in L.A. Um, God, and I can't remember his name. Um, he's a buddy of Eric Wallace's. He owns the 8th Doctor's uh, TARDIS console. Nice! <gasps> Where's he live? It's his house. In L.A. <laughs> it's what we do. Don't tell Jay. Um, he'll, get a, he'll get a surprise visitor. <laughs> Beats me. But aside, but I will look if I if I had access to it, I would have it. Um, but so, so look, writing it uh, was terrifying. Like I, I wrote a I wrote a short for uh, the annual that came out last year, um, and they really liked it. And so they came back to me for more to ask if I you know if I had ideas to do you know a four issue run, and uh, like it was really tough because I. I it's terrifying to write and uh, time-consuming as hell because I, I just want to get it perfect and I want to get the voices spot on. and Like, it's, uh, it's, it's vexing to love something that much. Like, I, I know... I, I get now, um, you know, when I talk to guys, when I talk to my friends who are writing, you know, big superhero books and they talk about how hard it is, I kind of get it now because I'm like, oh, yeah, because, like, this means more to me like doing this right and having uh, having stories told in that world that that complement you know this universe that I love and that you know especially because Doctor Who is essentially all canonical that exists like these are things that really happen in theory to the Doctor um, you know it's it's really really tough but you know I had an amazing you know art team in Matt Dow Smith and Charlie Kirchhoff and like it was. Uh, I was I was really lucky. Like they eased me into it, and I think, like I I feel like it turned out like I can look at it as a nerd and be pretty damn happy with it. Um, I, I love the cover. Is. I love the cover with the as time goes by with him all bogarted out and everything. I think that's gorgeous. Did you not make it to the insides, or did you hate the insides and you just don't want to say it? <laughs> oh no! I I the, the I love the cover. I like the inside, but I love that cover. I'm a sucker for these painted 
gorgeous covers like this. Yeah, so that's Mark Buckingham who does uh, who did. I don't know if he's still doing it or not. He was doing Fables. Well, he did Fables for a huge amount of its run. Oh, um, yeah. Those were beautiful books, too. Oh. Yeah. So, no, like, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a treat. Like, I'm really, really, really happy doing it, and I would write it again in a heartbeat. Like, I would... Uh, don't tell them. I'd probably write it for free. Um, <laughs> it is, my wife would not let me write it for free, but I would probably write it for I would find a I would no, hide but, it. Uh, I've got a silly question, and I should probably know this, but which doctor were you writing in that series? Uh, Matt Smith. Like Matt Smith. 11. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to get down there and buy that. It was a four-issue series, you said? Uh, yeah, it's four. It's the last. I'm doing the last uh, last four issues of the current series. Uh-huh. Um, the series is, is any of them out? End. Some of them That's, are out yet, or are all of them out yet? Just the... the but, 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 there's just, it's, I'm, like, mine is issue 13 of this uh-huh. series. So. Okay, good. Well, just, just so people know how to find it. I want it. Yeah. I'm going to go get it. Yeah, it's by uh, IDW. So, and it's uh, if you have it in your box, it's there now because I just picked mine up. And I was very yeah, it came out last. It came out last week. So. Um, well, I think uh, the ghost Amanda is telling us that we have to end this, which is sad because I'm geeking out and having fun. Um, but Josh, we'd love to have you back on because you're yeah. you're, you're one of us. I'm, and you're awesome. I'm, I'm happy to do it, and everyone should check out. I have a I have a independent creator owned. Uh, ongoing series I'm doing over at Image Comics called Last of the Greats. Um, that's a super dark superhero book uh, that is as uh, it's darker than I Vampire um, and uh, really considerably more upsetting. So if you're Ooh. looking for comics that give you hor- horrific nightmares, uh, I have the book for you. It's Last of the Greats. It's at Image Comics, um, and I own that one, so I make way more money if you buy that than if you buy anything. Huh. Nice. nice. And I know that Steve is uh, all about the creator owned too. So good on you guys. I'm I'm very happy to to support that. And also, um, I believe the new issue of I Vampire is hitting on January 25th. Correct? Yes. I think that's towards when it comes the, out. the last the last week of the month every month. So yeah. and then Doctor Who is the week. The do- I think Doctor Who is the week after, and then Last of the Greats the week after that. So you have almost an entire month uh, where you can get a book by me. Um, and put money into my tiny, beautiful daughter's uh, <laughs> college fund. Um, also, also her dinner. You can also pay for her dinner. That helps. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. We had a blast talking to you. It's always great to meet another Whovian out there. And uh, I was, I was going to say you should totally try to write one of the audio dramas because they're still making those over there. I would, I would absolutely love to. I think Tony Lee would get real mad at me though because just then I'd just be taking two of his multiple jobs from him. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on. We had a great time talking to you. I, we, we'd love to have you back. Maybe you and Steve can get together and join forces on the show with us at some point. We Absolutely. had him back and he was great. But thank you again for coming on and I hope you guys had a great time listening to us uh, geek out over comics, vampires, and Doctor Who, which is like the holy trinity for me. Um, so thank you again to Josh. Thank you again to Ren. And uh, thank you again to the ghostly Amanda, and we'll catch you later next week. See ya. Oh, baby, you're different wrong.